We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Only Nick fans remain in here. All the Sixers fans run out. The Knicks will win their 20th game. Record of 20 and 15. Here's Springer. Flynn with the rebound as the Knicks start to celebrate at their bench. The Knicks fans remaining in the crowd rise. The Knicks led by as many as 39 and defeat the Sixers 128 to 92. What a performance by the Knicks tonight. Awe-inspiring, controlling that man. That man ran amok, could not deny his forays. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy oh this is, this is one of those post games where the angel on one shoulder is telling me to start out and be like eh, let's let's hold up the horses folks let's not get too overly exuberant it's one game it's one win only counts as one in the standings and the devil is saying Fuck that. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll PC it up. That was fun. That was a good old fashioned ass whooping. Um, that was a game that contained a game that contained multitudes. Shall we say we there? I lost track of the storylines that I was keeping track of throughout that game. But I think, and there are like, this is one of those games where there are legitimately six different places I could start and be like, this is the main takeaway from this game, or that is the main takeaway from this game. This game had everything. Um, and I, I guess I want to start here, and it's maybe an odd place, but there was a moment at the end of the first half. I don't even think the Knicks went up by 20. I think it was when they went up by 17. And it was one of, I I mean, it felt like there were a dozen possessions in this game where either the offense tripped up and the defense made a spectacular play to make up for it. And then maybe it led to some transition offense or there was a great defensive play that led to great offense. And then they backed it up with another great defensive play. One of those sequences. And I looked at it and I wrote it down my notebook. I said, man, they broke Philly. And I, I, I think I wrote it actually in the Substack chat. Shout out to all the newsletter subscribers. Um, and I'm like, look, I fully expect the Sixers to come back and tie this game at some point, and I'll, I'm sure I will. 
um, perhaps regret these words, but the Knicks have broken Philly. And that was in the first half um, before what was an extremely uh, interesting and eventful third quarter. And then, of course, a fourth quarter where, I mean, oh, my God. Um, it, orgasmic is probably nice. I think I think the the moment when most Nick fans, if you're as exuberant as I am, had to go and maybe change their pants is it was a it was a. It was three possessions, um, two offense and one defensive in a in a stretch, where they were pouring it on, and it was one hundred seven eighty one. And obviously, the game had like just in the most re- in the previous minute gotten out of hand. And I, um, Isaiah Hardenstein was was under the basket, and he was motioning for uh, I think it was OJ Ananobi to cut on the other side of Embiid and the whole time, the whole time this motherfucker knew the second Joel Embiid flinches, flinches toward OG Ananobi. I'm putting this baby up and he did. And guess what? He scored. And then uh, immediately following that uh, it was Joel Embiid trying to get his streak and what does Jalen Brunson do? Picks his pocket, streaks down the floor. I believe that made it uh, one either one oh nine eighty one, one eleven eighty one. I honestly lost track of the score. Uh, and then the piece de resistance again as Joel Embiid was going for the streak that he eventually ended up getting. But I mean, to get that streak, the thirty and ten streak, which is now I guess it's fifteen straight on this night. I mean, man, that's more hollow than the fucking Liberty Bell. Uh, He should be ashamed of himself, actually, that he stayed in this game long enough to continue the streak this game long enough with the effort that Philly put out, which in in fairness, we're going to gush all over ourselves about how great the Knicks were in this game. It's not a good performance by Philly Um, outside of maybe the opening five, six minutes of the game. It was a bad performance by Philly. But the thing, and this is why I'm going to end on, on this play. The last, the last, I mean, there were a few notable plays after this. Hello, Quentin Grimes. But for Isaiah Einstein to block Joel Embiid as he's going for the streak and then it lead to yet another bucket for the Knicks as they were absolutely slamming the door on this game is was so symbolic to me. I think that may have actually put them up by 30 for the first time. They ended up going up by as many as 39 because they were it was just amazing. But it was so symbolic to me in this game because four days ago, five days ago, whatever it was, when we were giving up a thousand points to the Indiana Pacers, granted without our guys. Um and even before that the game before that when we had quickly and Barrett still, but like you know, not that the Magic scored a ton of points against the Knicks, but they were, I mean, it was just so easy. I think the Knicks are back to being a defensive team that makes life uncomfortable for their opponents. And look, OG Ananobi is one man, and one man does not make a defense. I don't, you, Rudy Gobert, when he was making, when he was winning three straight Defense Player of the Year, or, or not, maybe not three straight, but when he was winning all those Defense Player of the Year awards and making Utah the number one defense of the year, he, what, even him at that stage 
couldn't make a defense. No one man in the NBA, especially the way the NBA is played now, can make a defense. But you can help sort everything else into place to give a defense. In the case of this Nick team, it's character back that it lost. It, it's, it started to fade even before Mitch was injured. That was partially due to the opponents that they were playing. But they really lost it after Mitch went out. And now it's back. And I think that's the only appropriate place to start um, over any one player because the Knicks over the month of December, for as much as they made it through in one piece, they were a team without an identity. And now I think they have an identity back. And that, I think, is a scary thought for the rest of the league. You know, are, look, are the Knicks contenders after tonight? No. Uh, although, I mean, what the hell do I know? Who knows? But like, are they? Are, will will people consider them contenders? Let's say that no. Um, you know, are they a lock for a top four seed? No, absolutely not. None of these things. But man, no one wants to play this team, and they were getting a little too easy to play there over the course of the month of December. And now I think they're back to being a team. Like, man, got the Knicks on the schedule tonight, and then you roll your eyes because you know if you don't bring it in every facet of the game. This could happen. And in terms of blowing up certain players from this game, I mean, is there anywhere to start other than Isaiah? Um, Isaiah Hardenstein, when he was signed, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. That's a good backup center. The analytics show he's a good backup center. Um, good Mitch insurance, the whole thing. You know, the the fact that the Knicks targeted somebody that analytics loved was like, you know, good, good job, Knicks. Like, good job, analytics department. And feeding into that. And he he had a he had a great first game. People forget that a game against Memphis. He had a great first game. And then he was absolutely like he don't forget, he was everybody's dog. Like, there's always a dog on a team, right? There's always a dog. Doesn't matter how good the team's playing. There's always somebody that everybody dogs. He was the dog for three months, three and a half months, even actually. He was the dog. Actually, three months. And then the middle of January started with that Cleveland game where he helped win the game with the defensive play on Donovan Mitchell at the very end. From that moment on until the end of the year, we legitimately had a question wait a minute, is this team better with iHeart on the floor over Mitch? And then we got to this season and Mitchell Robinson came out like the absolute apex version of what we always hoped he could be. And, but Hardenstein kept doing his thing. And now since Mitch has gone down, I know the Knicks defense has sprung some leaks, obviously, and they needed this trade to, to reaffirm, you know, put the dam, keep the, keep the dam enforced, right? Um, Or at least put up the dam because they really weren't stopping anybody. The whole time, you had to admire what he's able to do when, again, is he Mitch? No. Can he do the things that Mitch does on defense? No. But did you ever feel like you were skipping a beat? No. And tonight, what he did on a beat, and again, B got his points, right? And B got his 30 and 10. But he had to work for everything. At no point in time was it ever comfortable for Embiid. And I think the most important thing is... Hartenstein being able to stay strong and never forget Embiid, give the rest of the Philly 
Philadelphia 76ers, the feeling like, oh, don't worry. We, you know, the big guys got us tonight. And like, he never broke the Knicks. He never came close to breaking the Knicks. I mean, forget not letting go of the rope. The Knicks, the, the Knicks never had to even feel their gr- grip on the rope loosened because Isaiah was doing his job so well. And yeah, of course, he's going to make some shots sometimes. He's a fucking MVP. Probably going to win another MVP. That's what great players do. But to, but the key against those players, you do not let those players dictate the rest of the game. And Embiid never got a chance to do that tonight. Never got a chance to do that even once. So that's why, I mean, I don't know how the hell I'm going to sort through stars of the game after this one. My Lord. Um, but incredible, incredible effort from um, Hardenstein. And, and you just can't say enough about him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then after that, I mean, where do you want to go? Uh, from the, You know what? I'm going to save a certain person for last for a very specific reason. Let's go to Deuce next. Let's go to Deuce next, who, who for a while, and and if and by the way, if he's your story of the game, amen, because got the contract, and two games is all it took for people to be looking around, and be like, really? You needed to give him that money to lock up what? What are you locking up? And like he's still a young player, he's only a third year player. Obviously, he hasn't gotten the time the Grimes has gotten. So you could argue it's even been harder for him to get any, any kind of a rhythm or a groove. And what has been the entire topic of conversation the last couple of days? Backup point guard. Who are we getting to play backup point? We get Jonte Murray, getting Malcolm Brogdon, getting uh, Tyus Jones. I, I mean, I'm, I'm Jordan Clarkson, uh, Alec Burks. You want point Burks back? <laughs> you know. I'm forgetting probably a half a dozen names. Someone who shall remain nameless suggested Alfred Payton the other day in the Substack chat. I'm not going to blow up his spot though. But th- but it, like here's the thing. Like I read that I'm like, yeah, is, is it that nuts? That's the point. Like some of us were getting to where it's like, Jesus, we can't we can't keep going like this. So look, I'm not saying their offense with Brunson on the floor from now on is going to be is going to be great. But for just for Deuce to come out. And show that sort of mental and emotional toughness to, to to be able to knock down four threes in the first quarter. And really, that's when the game turned because they were down by 10. And Deuce came in and 
those threes turn the game around. Absolutely. Like if you want to turn it, sometimes the turning point of a game could be in the first quarter. I thought that was the turning point of the game. And I think anybody who watched it would agree. And then when the, when the game was, I mean, think about a, like, I know we're, we see the final score. I know they were up by 39. They won by 30, uh, whatever, with 36. Let's not forget. <laughs> Let us not forget. This was a 12 point game at the end of the third quarter. Um, and there was a, what was it? It ended up being, I think five minutes and 20 seconds, about five twenty stretch where the Knicks did not score, not didn't get a field goal, did not score a point. And this was a 12 point game. And I was, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but I was texting with, with Fred and, and Fred, we were, we both agreed. I was like the Sixers ever running them. And, you know, and then Deuce comes in and I thought his, I don't think he scored again. But his energy, like forcing that out of bounds turnover, uh, which drove Nick Nurse nuts. He almost forced another inbounds turnover, like immediately the play after. Just stayed intense the whole thing. His minutes were huge. Great game from Deuce. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson's effort will kind of get maybe lost to time. Um, you know, 30 points on 20 shots. Okay. It's fine. He's done that before, right? Only two assists. Nothing, nothing crazy there. Um, what Brunson did from a shot-making perspective in the second quarter to turn this from a game where the Knicks did a nice job getting themselves a little lead to, holy shit, we're up by 20 at the half. That was all Jalen Brunson. Maybe Let me rephrase it. That was not all Jalen Brunson, but on offense, it was predominantly Jalen Brunson. Um, so massive, massive, important game for Brunson. It did, I didn't really matter to me that he had a, a quieter second half. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just, he did what he needed to do to put the Knicks. And like, again, there's another guy that keeps doing little things, took a charge at a key moment when the lead had dwindled down to 14 points, took a key charge. Like, you know, that's what your, that's what your, your leader does. Um, also, for, I almost forgot on Deuce, my two favorite two favorite second half plays, at least on Deuce. The and it goes back to Hardenstein. That's why it's you have to start the game talking about those two guys. Hardenstein telling Deuce, cut. He cuts, gives it right back to Hardenstein. Benji's I can't wait for Benji to see um not only this whole game, but this that specific play tomorrow. Because I think somebody asked him like a month ago what two guys have the best like passing chemistry on the team. And he said, not ironically at all, Isaiah and Deuce. And I think he's right. Those two guys have amazing chemistry. And then Deuce finished off the third quarter with what was a massive play for momentum, getting fouled on that three-point shot. Um, we'll talk about the grenade that he was lobbed uh, in a little bit. But yeah, absolutely um, massive moment there. So Brunson, great game. Uh, Josh Hart, uh, not many times you're going to see a plus 46 in the old plus-minus column. Um, also, not many times you're going to see a 6-4 guard wing former backup power forward, whatever you want to call him, um, end up with 15, count them, 15 rebounds. Uh, so 10 points, 15 rebounds, six assists. Not a bad little game from Josh Hart. I think I'd like to say he earned a good deal of that plus 46. And while I'm talking about Hart, good, good transition to discuss now. It, I, I think the Knicks now may have two new death lineups on their hand. That death lineup's a little too strong. Let's not go crazy. Um, two 
lineups that I'm excited to see more of. And Josh Hart's a part of both of them. And so is OG Ananobi. So there's the big lineup where it's Brunson, Hart, Ananobi, Randall, and Hardenstein. Um, and that lineup gives you obviously a little bit more on offense because Randall is in there. And then you got the two wings who can like they're like it's they played that tonight against the Sixers. They were playing it in the it to, that at the start of where the fourth quarter really started going the next way. I I know they're gonna have moments against certain teams where certain teams will figure out how to exploit the Knicks' lack of spacing in that particular alignment. But my God, talk about hell to pay on the defensive end. And then the other lineup that we saw, I think it was also in the fourth quarter, was. Grimes then in for Randall. And then you had Brunson, Grimes, Hart, OG Ananobi, and Hardenstein. And that's another lineup because, yeah, you lose Randall's creation, but with Brunson as the head of the snake, and 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 again, I all roads lead back to Hardenstein tonight because his ability to work the two-man game with Brunson setting screens up high, giving Brunson an outlet on the short roll. And my God, can Isaiah Hardenstein make make hay on the short roll? Obviously, we had that the, the great play at the end there where it was Brunson to uh, iHeart to OG Ananobi for an easy dunk under the basket. Like, that's such a game changer. So I think iHeart mitigates the loss of Randall in that particular lineup offensively. And then you swap out... Um, by swapping out Randall for Grimes, you not only get the shooting, but my God, a defensive trio of Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart, and OG Ananobi. Good luck scoring on them with Hardenstein doing what he's doing. Like that's what I mean. So many things come out of this game or that are fun and, and worth um, getting excited about. Uh, so I, I talked about Josh Hart. I mean, look. Let me get the. I guess I'll get the couple of negatives out of the way. Also, Divincenzo. Four or six from three, nobody's going to remember it because he was like the eighth leading story of this game, but he just continues shooting 50% from three and or higher than 50% from three because that's what he does now. Only played 17 minutes because he didn't need to play more. But listen, that's the luxury you have now with this team. Um, nice minutes from him. I think I talked, a, you know, I, I opened the show by talking about the defense. Obviously, Ananobi's defense was great. First game with the Knicks. Guards Carl Anthony Towns on one possession, Anthony Edwards the next. In this game, oh, I'm going to start off the possession on uh, Tyrese Maxey. Oh, I'm going to switch on to Joel Embiid. No problem. That's fine. I got it. And he did have it. And he caused Embiid to miss. Like, again, I know maybe we're being, you know, it was a good conversation in the Substack chat today about are we being a little overly exuberant, exuberant about this OG thing? Like, Come on, let's let's. And, and by the way, you saw tonight he struggled offensively. Like he could have these nights offensively, where he's just a, a kind of a non-entity. Um, even though he's smart, and even though he stays within himself, that's the key. Even if OG has a has a bad night shooting, you don't feel like the shots are bad shots. You feel like they're good attempts. You feel like the process is good. So I, I think someone um, mentioned that uh, Jason. I want to say mentioned that on the halftime zoom. Jason um, M. Uh, so. Yeah, like I'm not killing OG for the for the three of eleven because of the defensive impact. Um, Randall was it his worst game since the first two weeks of the season? Yes. Let me. There were some moments in the third quarter 
where it was like, does does he have money on Philly in this game? I, I, I'm kidding. To be clear, I'm kidding. But it was the worst quarter we saw from Randall, uh, certainly since the opening six games. And and good job by by Fred. I was again texting Fred throughout the game, and he made this point. Like Randall didn't shoot well in the first half, but Randall made some nice passes, and he was like, he was trying to do all the right things. The third quarter, the game just completely got away from Randall, and he was in his own head, and it was just a disaster. Um, let's hope it's a one-off, right? Let's hope it's a one-off. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'd love if we could all just move on and pretend that we didn't get that Randall game. But if you want to talk about it, we could talk about it. And um, Achua had some nice moments. Mike, again, talk about things that we'll forget about. The precious Achua three-pointer, I forget if it was at the end of the first or the beginning of the second, as the Knicks were starting to make this push. That was a big three. Had some other plays that were big. and nice block in this game. Um, everybody contributed, really, truly. Everybody uh, contributed, with the exception of Randall there in the in the third quarter. And I'm saving this guy for last on purpose. And that's Quentin Grimes. And I said it on the Substack chat. Again, shout out to all my newsletter subscribers who are, just make that chat. I think we may have gotten over a thousand comments in the Substack chat tonight. Uh, having a lot of fun, fun discussion and interesting discussion on there. But I said it in there. I think the most important long-term thing, if it sticks, to come out of this game for for the Knicks again moving forward, the thing if if it sticks, we're going to look back on this and being like that was the most important thing that that came out of that Sixers win is Quentin Grimes becoming the guy that I know. I certainly like not put in pencil. I put in pen that we were going to get a leap from Quentin Grimes this year, and then it didn't really happen. Well. The version of Grimes that we saw really the whole second half from the moment he came in, but I mean, obviously the fourth quarter, that's the dude that the Knicks were counting on to be a massive piece of the puzzle this season to allow them to do so many things on the offensive end, to allow them to do so many things on the defensive end. I I, I lost track of all of the massive impactful plays that he had. And again, it was not just hot shooting. Yes, he finished the game shooting four or nine from deep, six or 13 overall. Quentin Grimes had eight rebounds in 24 minutes. When's the last time he did that? He had a couple of assists. He had a block. He had a steal. He was alive. He was a live wire. There were weeks at a time through this season. Maybe weeks is a bit strong, but certainly games at a, like multiple games at a time where he was like a, a like a limp fish. And it was like, come on, man. Like, you, we've seen this. Like, you grew up a combo guard. And this is why I never gave up on him. And this is why I never killed him too much. If anybody finds something that I said, you, uh, God knows you guys know how to throw stuff back at me that, that I say on these post games. Um, but I, I always at least made the effort to keep it, up, keep it above board with Grimes because the thing I kept going back to was he's a third year player. And he's a third year player that was asked to step into the just the most ungodly, unenviable role on this team. And he, he vocalized that. He vocalized it. You know, he said as much. And he was, he was wrong, what he said. So, um, you know, and not only a third-year player, third-year player that, that, you know, missed the start of last season, missed training camp last season, um, and didn't, you know, he only played, what, 700 minutes as a rookie. Um, so... I think this is honestly closer to like we're we're kind of closer to year two for Grimes than year three. 
at this point. We're like, if you go by minutes and games and all, he's like just getting to the point where it's like a, a year three. So, um, absolutely incredible stuff from from Grimes. Maybe not my biggest takeaway from the game, but like the thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe we'll maybe look back on. Um, eighteen and five in the first for fourth quarter. Incredible stuff. Um, I think I hit it all. I probably forgot a few things. Um, I'm sure people will bring them up, but enjoy this one. Like this win was so here's how good this win was. And I didn't check the final score in Washington. I saw they were getting killed. I am assuming they ended up getting killed because I think they were playing the Cavs and you know, I'll check the final score right now. Uh, yeah, 114 to 90. So they're going to be on a back-to-back just like we'll be on a back-to-back. They're traveling. We're traveling. Obviously, we don't have to travel that far. So, like, there's no excuse for the Knicks to go into Washington and lay a dud. Um, but, like, this this win was so good and so big that t- if they went out tomorrow and, like, it was an emotional letdown and, like, you know, the sort of game that we see NBA teams play occasionally for no rhyme or reason, I would, I think I would forgive it. You know, I think I would, I, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Please. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But this one was so good and so impressive and so impactful in so many ways. I think that's almost how I feel right now. Okay. I see that there is a super chat on the screen. Let's get to your comments. Zach Horowitz. I always knew I was a bit OCD, but it's never been more obvious than me barking out. Um, they don't got that dude with every eye popping Brunson play. <laughs> That's a good way to start us off. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you getting the things kicked off. And yeah, Brunson. Needless to say, um, I find the the Brunson being that dude or not being that dude discussion like it's a silly discussion. It's kind of useless, but because ultimately, well, I'll get back to it later, but. You don't need him to be that dude like all the time, but he's that dude when it counts. You know, um, Dominic Manzi, nine dogs out there. This is fun. Yeah, kind of feels that way. And we lost the dog. We lost the dog and quickly. And like we lost the guy in RJ who, you know, I'll leave the doggedness of RJ up to up to, to each their own. But like did make a lot of big plays for this team. Over four and a half years, you know, made a lot of big plays for his team over four years, but it really does kind of feel with the with the guys they have out there, Deuce, Heart, I Heart, OG, you know, Grimes, DiVincenzo in his own way. Like really, they've surrounded Brunson and Randall with dogs, and even like Brunson and Randall are dogs in their own way. Like Brunson taking charges and like he tr- tries, <laughs> he tries on defense. And Randall, like, you know, we give him a lot of shit because defensively, and like when he gets mired in these moments on offense where it's like the turnovers and everything else, not really everything else, mostly the turnovers, although his shot was off tonight. But like on the boards, man, you feel that dude. You feel him, you feel him on offense even when he's having a bad game. So even that's his version of being a dog. Anyway, um, thanks, Dominic. Appreciate you. Busy PPS. I'm tired of Substack chat getting all the shout outs. Shout out to the patrons on the Discord chat. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to all of the next film school patrons. That's a bad job by me. Um, I, I, I've been saying this since 
the end of last year. I need to get back on the Discord, which is where all of our patrons congregate. And I know there's great conversations that happen on there too. Trust me, I'm aware of it. Jessica always reminds me. Shout out to her. Um, but yeah, lots. Of, listen, there's lots of great ways to have wonderful discourse if you're any if affiliated with Nick's Film School in any way. So that's good news. Thanks, Busy. Um, another one, Mythic Monty. Trading Grimes someday is going to break my heart. Well, listen, I always kind of felt, I always kind of felt in my gut that they would keep one of the three between Grimes quickly and RJ. Now, saying that, there were times I actually did suspect that RJ and quickly would go out in the same deal. I remember I talked about it during the summer at times and how like if you if you lined it up, it, it, it like there was some logic to it. And it turned out to be the exact trade that they were probably always thinking. So, you know, Grimes is now the young piece. Here's the good news, Mythic, is is if is if Grimes if, is if the day Grimes is traded. If I say if, because I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that's going to happen. If it really is painful for you, and if it really does hurt, that means he will have played so well to play himself into being such a great piece in a trade that you know they're going to be getting something great back. So, like, yeah, it will be sad to see him go. I've come, I become attached to Grimes too, for sure. Thanks, Mythic. From Rob Delusma, sup, my KFS peeps. Um, HNY and holy effing shit. <laughs> happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year and holy effing shit. That's it. That's what, that's what they said. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you, Rob. Busy. Shout out to Tibbs. Oh my God. Has hell frozen over. Busy shouting out Tibbs for not putting Julius back in the game and letting Grimes cook when he showed signs of lice. I fucking love the coach because of that one move. Well, listen, we were talking about it today, me, Andrew, and and Fred and Benji a little bit, like uh, with the curse stuff, right? That everything, you know, Kuminga's made a cur and this and that. Like, it's crazy to me. Like, you, you know, you had, we, we kind of had this narrative, like, okay, only only three truly great coaches in the league. Spo, Pop, and Kerr. Well, guess what? Two of the three have gotten dragged through the mud pretty consistently this year. Uh, and like coaches, they have good moments and they have bad moments. And I think tonight Tibbs had, it was a good one because I think he played the right cards. I uh, One thing I want to give Tibbs a shout out for personally is one thing I liked that he did to mitigate the non-Brunson minutes in the first half at least, at least. And maybe this had a little bit to do with when Embiid was out there, probably a lot to do with it when Embiid was out there, is keep Hardenstein on the floor for when Brunson's out. Because again, he's not out there creating off the dribble or you know making offense happen in any traditional ways. But the difference between him offensively, and, and I know Achua hit a three, but the difference between his impact on the overall offense and anybody else I have on the roster at center, I thought is really massive. So that was my big Tibbs thing of the game, but that's what you say is fair as well. Thank you, Busy. Um, next up, Michael Aaron. What's going on, Michael? Can't listen to the post game till tomorrow. Uh, well, happy Saturday. <laughs> but damn, what an incredible statement. When OG helps make all the starters better. Jew will bounce back. Let's go, Knicks. Um, 
I appreciate the contribution and comment. Uh, even though you're not listening live, you're always so loyal, Michael. Thank you. Um, statement win. I mean, I listened or I watched on the MSG broadcast, but obviously this was an ESPN game. I think that counts as a statement win. I mean, it's a division opponent. First time they played them. Um, I know the Knicks kind of kicked the narrative that they can't beat good teams when they beat Milwaukee on Christmas. And they kind of kicked it again when they beat Minnesota. And they, like, I think we could dispense with that now, right? Could we officially dispense with that narrative? Um, And yeah, OG does make everybody better. Like, again, not a great offensive game for OG, but you see his impact on both ends of the floor. He's like Julius said it. He fits right in. And Julius was not wrong. Drazov. Wait, hold up. There's a KFS Discord chat. Yes, there is. Um, so for any of our uh, patrons, which you could go to patreon.com and just search Nick's Film School, sign up for Nick's Film School Patreon. I think I'm pretty sure any. Uh, yeah, me- the mellow Monroe or Ewing tier. So the, me- the mellow is like the lowest tier. I think it's seven bucks a month. You get a, an extra podcast from me and Andrew every week. You get some extra bonus podcasts from me reacting to games. And then you get um you get to go into Discord and talk with uh talk with all 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 people in Discord. So that's been um that's been really fun. Thanks, Trezo. Max Cyril. Cyrilly? Cyril got our new bench scorer. His name is Quentin Grimes. This version of Grimes, man. This version of Grimes, like you, like that bench unit. I talked about the team finding an identity. As long as that bench unit finds an identity and finds a groove, like I still think the Julius piece of it is interesting because Julius just hasn't needed to run an offense like this since the We Here season, and. Really, to me, like it's it wasn't about getting a bench scorer. You know, I, I was I didn't even mind Deuce as like a bench wing. I thought they just needed someone to come in and be able to run a pick and roll. And I'm still concerned about that. I still wonder about that. Um, but good good night tonight. Good night tonight for sure. Thanks, Max. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody watching, everybody commenting, uh, sticking with us through the early technical difficulties. Um, this is going to be a fun night. Drew P, hashtag vote, bo- vote both. Grimes and iHeart. Tibbs, coach of the year, three seed. Uh, man, um, we could do a, I guess we could do a standings check, right? Um, so the Knicks, I mean, look, Three seed, right? I, I that would be that would be wonderful, right? That would be that would be wonderful. Um, the East is it's not going anywhere, you know. It, the East is going to be tough all year. I, I really truly believe that. The way they've looked since the trade, I don't think a four uh, the, the at the very least, I don't think the four seed is unreasonable. I don't. I think that's a reasonable goal, and I think getting the four seed would be really big. So Orlando is now an eighth, actually, because I guess they, um, they're. They're playing right now and they are losing to the magic. I think it's late in the or did they lose to the magic? 
scintillating uh, post game podcasting. Uh, no, they're only they're actually up on the Magic in the or excuse me up on the Nuggets. The Magic are up on the Nuggets in the fourth quarter by two. So we'll see what happens there. By the time you know, if you're listening to this tomorrow, this may be um, wrong. But as of now, the Magic are a half game back of the Knicks, who are tied with Cleveland in sixth, and then Indy and Miami are tied a half game above. So it's really it's really jammed up. And then the Sixers are are three and a half games ahead of the Knicks. So. Um, it's gonna be gonna be competitive. Hamdi, what's going on, Hamdi? I'm on the way to the Philly airport to pick up my son. It was nice passing Wells Fargo, seeing all the Philly clowns leaving early. Ha ha! Solid, solid win. Listen, anytime you can make Philadelphia any sports fans of any kind miserable, anytime you can make Philly fans miserable, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Fuck Philly. Shout out to, to Spike, uh, who obviously one of the hosts of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez pod, which is like the gold standard, the legend uh, for any content creator out there. Forget in the NBA uh, for anybody. But yeah, Spike Eskin, um, great pregame pod with Andrew. Really enjoyed it. Got a couple of digs in to the Knicks, which is fine. And uh, uh, he was awesome. So fuck Philly, with the exception of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez. They're great. Dan Hidalgo, crime stays. No reason to overthink this. Hashtag favorite Nick. I, you know, like I think he's because there's a lot of, um, like for a lot of people, like the homegrown thing matters a ton. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people out there who Grimes is kind of like their favorite Nick. Maybe that's left now. Um, and I. I don't think there's any, there's obviously nothing wrong with that because he's good and he's going to get better. Um, never gave up on him. Always felt pretty good about where we were, where we were at with him. Thanks, Dan. Jocelyn focus. Maybe we don't need another playmaker off the bench. Uh, I'd say so. Uh, I, I think less in one game, one game, but this game, this team always seems to do it one game at a time when they encounter adversity they do enough that's their identity that's their identity even the month of december when they lost their identity that was their identity they do just enough you know and here we are they lost three in a row on that road trip okc orlando indiana what they do now well one three in a row against minnesota chicago and philly pretty good Pretty good. Zachary Wasser, love OG on the team. Great fit. Do you see a shot creation improving finishing around the rim? So I looked it up um, before he came to the Knicks. I can look it up again now. Um, OG finishing uh, around the rim, I believe, was at 73 or 74% on the season um, before he came here. I'm double checking that now. He, yeah, 73% before we came here. Three previous seasons, 65%, 64%, 69%. Like, OG's, he's actually, he's never been below 63%. Like, he's always been good finishing around the room. I think he had, had an off game. Um, the shot creation is a different story. Like, he's never been a high level shot creator. He's never been someone where you toss the ball to and you're like, here, go, go get us a bucket. That's not his game. I don't think that needs to be his game here. I think simpler is fine. 
simpler is fine you know as long which is again it it brings up the need like of they will at some point they will need another playmaker of some kind like there's i don't think there's any get around that they will need a better, another playmaker of some kind at some point um but again that's not why you got him and i don't want people thinking like that's why they got him it's not like they expected that but he will have better games than tonight that's for sure offensively <laughs> 